Hello, universe. How you been? Well, I know you've been... Uh, well, no, I don't know how you've been. 501... Oh, whoa. 501 p.m. It's 501 p.m. It's 501 p.m. It is uh, the 11th of December, and the Denver Broncos have just intercepted a ball from uh, Mr. Patrick Mahomes, number 15. Did he choke? Yeah, a little bit. Although that's a heck of a pick, especially by a safety. But, I mean, there's a reason we practice. There's a reason we watch film, right? So we can be in position to make this play. Now, of course, can the offense do anything about it? Wow, what a pick. Honestly, Denver's defense has played a hell of a game. They've had a pretty good season. The offense? All right. In fact, uh, this is Denver's first possibility of getting 30 points this year. In football, that's terrible. Especially at a 3-9 and nine point of the season. But, go Denver. They beat the Chiefs. That'll be their whole season in one game, so they might as well do it. Um, rather than do a play-by-play of Denver's oh-so-threatening position against the Chiefs, what I actually got on to talk about was the fact that I fell for the old football beer-guzzling <laughs> gambling website promoting life insurance selling malarkey. Bread and circuses was never more accurate. And my disinterest in sports, well, other than playing them, I love to play sports. But as a fan, as a as a viewer, as a passive participant in observing the action, well, I'm built for this. I think I've told you that I came to this planet knowing two things. One, well, I'm here to witness something. So if you don't think I'm willing to sit around and witness something, fuck I'm literally here to do just that. Well, here's the other thing. What if... Oh, and the other thing that I've always known I was here to do, that was to root for the underdog. I'm just built that way. I will always think, please, underdog. And not underdog the cartoon character. Although I do root for him, too. He's he's underdoggy. But... Ah, all right, the football action is honestly distracting enough that I'm sorry. I quit. I will quit watching. Um, playing sports, playing, doing anything, engaging in an event um, is something I will always participate in. I don't care if we're doing cross-stitch. It's better than watching people do cross-stitch every time. Um, but knowing that I root for the underdog, I think, has been... Uh, ground in the idea that, frankly, humanity is an underdog. The bets against us are where the smart money has been. The people who have galactic simoleons down on humanity's self-implosion are the inside money. So... If ever you were going to think, well, what makes me human? Well, for one, you know you're rooting for the underdog because ain't nobody on the galactic scene, not even the Arcturians, not even them. Nobody on the galactic scene is an underdog like the humans to make it to transcension.
Come on. Everyone knows this. I mean, for fuck's sake, we play and watch American football. And all the guns. I mean, the guns, too. The guns. Okay, I know it's it's like sacrilegious to say this, but I am truly a huge Patrick Mahomes fan. I just, I love his game. I love his game. I even like his personality. But that snarling sort of self-righteousness about him that gets going when he's like having things kind of turn against him. Well, let me just say he's overcome it enough that I forgive him this slight attitude adjustment that probably is needed in the huddle. But I have a feeling there's a little bit of a... Eh, Nope, still love the guy. I mean, he just fucking makes football fun. That alone means he gets no criticism. And I'm pretty close to almost being a diehard Bronco fan. I was one at one point. It's been a while. I came to my senses. But nonetheless, nonetheless, saying this about a Kansas City Chief, well, it doesn't hurt like saying about a Raider would. Or a Cowboy. Although, Tony Romo, Tony Romo is the best in the booth. Ever. Ever. And I love me some Chris Collinsworth. Hell, I even can tolerate Mr. Uh, uh, well, no, to be honest, I can't really tolerate him. Troy Aikman is, the Troy Aikman skit's almost gotten to be John Madden-esque. But Romo, Romo is so freaking insightful. I, I wonder if he's choosing not to go into coaching. Or if he just wants the, I don't know, the spectacle that comes with being the best ever in the booth. Because he's got a chance. I think he's that good. And another guy that's underrated is that uh, the tight end for Carolina. Uh, ah, it's going to kill me that I can't think of his name. God, he was such a moneymaker in fantasy, too. Mm. Mason Crosby? No, that's a kicker. Oh, that's a CU kicker. Oh, the, see where my football? Oh, it's so rusty. Well, I will come up with that, uh, that it is a tight end for Carolina, and he is terrific in the booth. Um, on that note, though, we're going to stop talking about football. What are we going to talk about? I don't know yet, but not football. So at 628, oh, I love it. All right. So what I wanted to breeze through today, and breeze is appropriate, was something I've been speaking a little bit about, but never really making points particular to or toward in a way that lets me clarify how one might even attempt to do this. And that is using the flow of current and energy that is in your current, er (laughs) that is in your now area uh, to your advantage by harnessing your energy to flow with the energy flows that exist. In other words, how do you flow with the current and not swim upstream? And how do you do this energetically so as to maximize your opportunity to see bonanza outcome or just even a continuous stream of positive effect? Once those things start stacking up, then obviously bonanza outcome starts to become more likely. But don't do these things with the expectation that you're going to just all of a sudden become a pro. I'm not even close to a pro. I feel myself swimming upstream all the time. In fact, I think one of the first things to realize is that your cue that you're in trouble here is that you do feel the angst, aggravation, the friction of swimming into an environment rather than with a stream, you're swimming into it. 
If you feel that, well, what do you do to release yourself from that tension? The number one thing to have is something that takes you outside of whatever the paradigm is that's causing that tension. So if it's at work, then your solution can't really be work-oriented. You need to leave that behind and draw your energy from somewhere else. You're really almost resetting your battery so that you can better deal with whatever you have to deal with at work. And, all right, so what, <laughs> what do I mean by this in general? Well, let's say that... Um, Oh, God, I'm so bad at using real-life analogies because my real life has no comps that are relevant to anybody else unless you've basically just been sitting around coloring in books for 40 years. But if you've been doing that, <clears throat> well, then your real-life ability to pull out metaphorical relevance for somebody, say, who's a father of three with a wife at home is minimal, if not nil. So understand that I feel pretentious just in insinuating that I can come up with an example here that fits the right situational anguish to feel like you need to redirect and swim more downstream than upstream. So I'm going to make something up and forgive me ahead of time. So you're currently in tension at home because work has been causing you to stay later than normal, and your schedule is now to the point where instead of being able to 50% of the time pick up the kids, you're not picking them up at all. And so your wife, who doesn't work and can pick up the kids every day, but this disrupts everything about her evening routine because picking up the kids is a nine and a half hour chore, or at least it feels like that. And it's 45 minutes minimum. Instead of you picking the bump on the way home, doing something kind of in your route, she has to drop everything, go get them, come back, start everything up, pause everything. It, it's a hiccup of more proportion to her day than to yours. So when you stop contributing entirely, she loses all of those days of, at least I don't have to go get the kids today so I can keep this shit going. Even though I'm this far behind, I won't be that far behind. And so, on a day when uh, she has, uh, uh, what what could be her obligation? She has won the Good Neighbor Award um, from the community church and is having a mid-afternoon luncheon in, in her honor. Starts at 4, goes till 5.30. Kids get out of school at 4.15. You have agreed to pick the kids up that day because you understand that you have no other choice. And then that morning, Fuckface Boss comes in and says, Hey Dave, <clears throat> listen, I know we were going to rally around that point regarding the uh, Zig account uh, next week, but he called this morning all fired up, wanted an account reset. And I said, you know what, we got something in the works that's pipeline for next week, but I'm going to get my best man on it today, and we're going to roll that sucker out to you tonight, and we're going to go through it together. So, Dave, i got to have you on this. All right. So, which stream does Dave need to swim against? Well, <clears throat> it doesn't matter at what point Dave's going to make the decision as to how this is going to resolve itself. It's all on Dave to do. 
But as soon as the conflict's in play, Davos, two people, well, he owes the entire situation accounting for it immediately. Because this isn't a small thing. And unfortunately, work will see it as a small thing. Period. What do you mean you have to pick your kids up? Jesus, Dave. Seriously. Fucking send a cab. And they're right. And, of course, he could uh, compromise and say this is not a time for work-life balance to get in my way. I have spent the last month overworking for you, and today is not the day that I can compromise anything from my home life for my wife. And standing up to his work really is the play here. Because he's already been abused in a situation that's abusive extensions into other per- peripheral parts of his of his life. In other words, work has inched away enough that asking for a yard all on one day is unacceptable. 24 hours notice minimum if you want me here late into the evening. I can't keep letting my family down. Or I will no longer have a family. And I won't give a fuck about this job. So, to me... In that situation, having said something directly to his employer puts him back in control and swimming in the currents in which he needs to exist. And he will feel much more relieved because of it. I could be wrong. I was wrong that those Broncos even had a chance of looking at a fourth win. Oh, oh boy. If this team can't let you down, what team can? Well, the Buccaneers. And please tell me, I am not the only one who would willingly go to jail for life to murder that Geico Gecko. I mean, yesterday, right? Let's get rid of that guy. And I mean, let's get rid of that Gecko. Okay, I'll admit, last year I was all like, why not the Bills? But this year, seriously, why not the Bills? But how do you know which maneuver keeps your swimming in the current correct? Well, the first swimming upstream you were doing was not picking up the kids. Because that already encumbered your wife's day in a way that, as agreed upon uh, relations had been to this point, is now unfair. Or the kind of encumbrance that really needs to be revisited because this uh, so far taxes my day that... I don't even consider my day to be the same day. Those kinds of complaints are legit. And frankly, should be listened to. Holy crap, man. No job's more important than your damn wife and kids. Shit. I mean, that which you are here to be most attached to is not physical jobs and money in any way. Jeez, you have flesh and blood who care about you who you care about, spending any time getting in the way of their lives because of work? Well, that will be a big topic of review in the Soul Review boardroom. Duh. Okay, so why even discussing any of this energetic flow and keeping your environment harmonically compromised and yada yada? Well, because to me, this whole production 
this fanfare that it is to spit into a microphone every day about nonsense and nothingness. Well, if that's going to have a point, and I suppose it should, but if that's going to have a point, then its point should be that when an energetic mm, ebb is created by the coincidental happenstance of the interaction of this recording discussion with outside people and then some uh, participatory developments are occurring. Well, as long as everything's happening organically, I want those cross currents to uh, inject their potential um, and to react in real time to whatever is coming across the table at me is one of my fortes. So cross-conversational repartee is something I am sickly coordinated for. Um, so I don't invite the foil of a cross-conversational uh, participant very often because unless it's Lily Mae Eaton who, as a delusional schizophrenic, is a very tough conversational opponent to nail down. Well, anybody else, in some way, shape, or form, I can feel like I'm taking advantage of them. But when something organic arises and an opportunity to say, hey, pow-wow, let's go bow-wow about that kowtow, that's totally different. Nor do I have any skin in the game staking in anything, nor do I care how it turns out, even if I look like a fool. Especially if I look like a fool. I hope for that. Um, because in my realization of foolhardiness, trust me, I will learn and grow forward with great strides. So being discovered a fool is simply figuring out which chink of armor you need to tighten up. Well, actually, no. Being discovered a fool is more like figuring out which piece of fucking chainmail you left at home that you got to go back and get. But at least it's a chance for you to go back and get it. Unlike those damn mittens I lost at work. Oh, God, I lost another pair of the fucking mittens. At this point, I have to cut myself off from mittens. They're a bad habit. I can't go through mittens like this and pretend it's not affecting me. I know it's ruining my friendships. It's ruining my... My career aspirations. I mean, I can just feel that all I want is to get more mittens and then they just vanish and then I want more mittens and then they just vanish. What the fuck, man? How do I keep losing mittens? How do the Broncos keep losing all these games? Oh yeah, they suck. Do I suck? Is that why I keep losing mittens? So I guess what I'm saying is things on this recording could very easily change tomorrow. And not change forever, but like could be different tomorrow because of participation from um, a sideline peanut gallery. Uh, Come on down, the prize is right, invites you to contestant row. Participation level uh, of some uh, witting or even some slightly outwitting guests. And if that happens, well, it's because outreach is next. And so when outreach is finding me, the idea that I would turn it down, never.
Ever. Never ever. Unless that outreach was trying to sell me some mittens, then I'd probably have to say no. I keep losing these mittens. So if I'm going to allow the energetic current of the universe to winnow a path of prosperity through the energetic cycling of connections this uh, recording exposure can make in the year 2023, well, the organic from within exposure that I would trust because of exactly who's interested? Of course. Bring it on. Like it already been brought in. So in that way, I want to see how that uh, um, ebb and flow of, <laughs> of uh, interest and, uh, and cooperation. Why not? What the hell? I don't, like I said, ever think cycling the universe's energies in a way that feels like the way I think they should go versus the way they appear to be going is something I ever entangle. I like to be along for the ride. I'm nimble enough to understand when and how to bail out. But until I'm literally on the precipice of crashing into the rocks, well, give me the choppiest seas you can find. Because... It seems like if we're going to really shake things up around here, I mean, shake it up, we got to be ready for as much choppy sea as there is. Okay. But last, certainly least, is this least? This is kind of, okay, I got consumed today by a thought other than the one I think I was going to get consumed by, which is, who's got it right? The neophytes or the we work too hards? <clears throat> I don't know. That one's a hard damn one to sort. I'm going to have to come up with a list of pros and cons. And as a matter of fact, I think that topical matter should be sensitively saved for guest appearances, both uh, expected and unexpected in the uh, near future. So rather than drill down that road further than I did this morning, I'll go with a thought that got me stone distracted pretty much the rest of the afternoon, which is, what if in your life you feel as if your physical presence here is one of enormous destiny. Like, you just know that the whole Christ shebang doesn't feel that far off. Like, maybe I am Thoth or some other Lithby, mythical, Quita. Right? Do you ever get that way? Phoenix rising from the ashes and all that shit. So, think about this, though. What if, in fact, yes, yes, you're right. You are of galactic relevance. You are the sort of being that will make the humanity stamp across civilizations verifiable. You are that being. Because you're about to be petrified in a fucking worldwide cataclysm. Booyah! Of course, only to be found millions of later by uh, some, like, AI, uh, uh, Haley Joel Osment civilization that comes and finds you in the muck by the Statue of Liberty. Or whatever, right? Right? Thank you. But, 
wouldn't you, in your cellular structure, feel like, thanks to the millions of years hence discovery of your bones in petrified muck next to the World Trade Center? Wait, not the World Trade Center, that one blew up. Next to the Statue of Liberty? Is that one? Yeah. Point is, yeah, you'd be as pivotal as any human being ever. But, what, for being in the wrong place at the wrong time? Boy, does that ever sound like my destiny.